The sun shines brightly over the city. Nah, scratch that. It's rainy as all hell. And did I mention the city's gothic as? The chief, Detective Kim Kardashian, and Detective Kyle Lee are driving through the city. Brief scenes of the dire state of the once great city can be seen through lightning flashes, but the extent of the depravity is hidden by the veil of rain. Kardashian! <laughs> Damn, Chief, no need to yell. We're right here. Sorry, Kardashians, I'm just a little nervy is all. You say the killings and patterns so far lead you to believe your ex-wives are behind this? Why would they do such a thing? <laughs> well, I don't know, Chief. Could just be that time of the month. Kyle Lee, please. You know the menstrual cycle doesn't sit well with me- Hold on. Damn it, Kardashian, what is it? Kyle Lee might be onto something. Each month, one of the ovaries releases an egg. At the same time, hormonal changes prepare the uterus for pregnancy. If ovulation takes place and the egg isn't fertilized, the lining of the uterus sheds through the vagina. This typically recurs once a month, just like the killings. <gasps> Well, hot dog, big brother. That damn near is for my lily white ass quicker than a delectably cooked turkey on the 4th of July. And you know I ain't pulling your trouser leg to be backing in a lark song. <laughs> the chief leans towards Detective Kim K so that Kyle Lee doesn't hear. Kardashian, is your brother, like, a little bit challenged? I know he's a bit of a character, but that was simply cartoonish. It's fine, just leave it. Damn it, Kardashian. <laughs> Welcome to Meet You, everyone. We're back, baby. It's me, Dart Sultan, and the lovely Robbie Armfield. How are you, Robbie? Going well, thanks. Going well. Just got back from a little getaway, feeling refreshed and restored. You know, ate a lot, drank a lot, went for some lovely beach sort of, you know, strolls and, um, yeah, clambering over the rocks. What have you been up to? Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been happy, man. I've been good. Uh, just- Nothing really exciting. Oh, I went and saw um, Brian Cox. Back in the 19th century, engineers were concerned with the efficiency of steam engines. Oh, the science, the, the rock and roll scientist. The rock and roll, the sexy scientist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. What was that like? What was the sort of vibe of the chat? It was, it was, it was a lecture on like astrophysics and all this shit that completely went over my head but uh it didn't completely go over my head it, it was it was actually really incredible it was at the convention center in melbourne and they had this you know imax size like long ass screens with these incredible visuals and like they're playing like you know symphonies over explaining while he was explaining all these incredible concepts about you know time travel and 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 uh the relationship between time and mass and movement and everything and 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 kind of humans place in it all and a bit of a snapshot of where we're at in terms of like trying to find uh life in the in the universe and and all all that kind of stuff it was um it actually started making me feel uh i actually started getting really anxious <laughs> <laughs> it really fucked my brain. Like it was one of the only times in my life where it, I was just getting really overwhelmed by inf like just 
just thinking outside of uh, the um, scope and size that my brain is usually comfortable with. Were well, the edibles starting to kick in midway through or something? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking it would actually be an incredible experience to do to take edibles or or do mushrooms or something um, prior to going to see Brian Cox. It's I always like- wonder with I always wonder with the guys like that because yeah, he's a really great communicator, great vibe, you know, very easy to listen to and watch. Right? I always wonder about those sorts of people's um, excitement at what they're doing because I feel like over the years of doing that, like communicating to layman's. You're probably going to get pretty fucking bored and pissed off at people's like inability to really comprehend what you're talking about. And like you're basically stuck in the mud of this like early crap that you've you're way beyond yourself. It's like I don't know how how much I mean I guess money does a lot, like obviously notoriety. I always find it hard to like actually believe that they're as excited as they seem sometimes with like this rudimentary crap that surely they're beyond. It's a good point. I think what might increase their you know when you know when it's uh you know that saying and it's like uh the world's at its best or whatever when um men plant or when people plant trees um that they know they'll never have the be able to see yeah, the yeah. shade of or whatever the fuck yeah botch that but um I know that uh I know that a lot of young like there wasn't a lot of kids at the show I don't I don't know if I saw any kids but I know that a lot of young people watch his content. And I think that he might be invigorated by the thought that he's kind of investing in the passion of future generations of humans being like interested in this kind of stuff and furthering it. You know what I mean? Because they kind of engage with it. Yeah. Back in the 19th century, engineers were concerned with the efficiency of steam engines. So it was entertaining, and was there a and a It was like a hashtag, and you posted on Twitter. I posted like a joke. I thought it would get up because I saw other people posting jokes, but it did because it, it was played on the big screen. They were like rolling through with the hashtag. Um, people that have posted questions, and some of the questions, oh, it was like a uh, Professor Cox does pineapple belong on pizza? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And it was just like, Pro- Professor Cox, where are the toilets? And it was like, oh, God. It's so easy Come in on. that sort of context to like get a get a laugh, isn't it? You know, because people are so, as you say, scared and anxious by what they're hearing. Like, they don't matter. Yeah. Every, the whole audience <laughs> is just being told they don't matter. So, like, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. a hotbed for laughs, you know? Just a hot, <laughs> yeah, to anything to break the uh, yeah, tension. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Um, but no, no, it was cool. And, um, and other than that, like, yeah, I've just, uh, you know... Had a few edibles at, at little occasions. Really? Continuing my little way dark. Yeah. <laughs> High School Musical 2, 3, the show. Yeah, 3. <laughs> I, watched this, uh, um, I watched this like thriller while I was on a, the other oh. night um, called 1BR and it really fucked me yeah. up. Oh, you're uh, joking. It was like this whole <laughs> gaslight. <laughs> Dude, watching horrors on edibles. I'm just insufferable. Coffees, when you go rurally, obviously a little bit worse for wear than the urbane ones. And uh, me and brides were wondering, 
Is it safer to get a long black coffee or one with milk when you're in these environments? I personally always, I've just like stuck to my guns on the long black because I feel like you can't really fuck it up. But um, Brides reckons, you know, you can maybe sort of cover up some shittiness with the milk. Wondering what you reckon on that one. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if if you're doing coffee for um, pure, like, for the pure caffeine hit, I feel like it's way less likely that they're going to fuck up the long black. Um, I think the milk, the extra steps leave, leave lead to more chance of error. Um, Although my one did s- taste like a, a, a rag had been soaked with the vat of the coffee and then sort of reamed out into my cup. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's impressive how badly they can make it. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I know. I um, know. To make, Maybe it's just like they're just not cleaning the equipment. I'd love to know what you reckon as well. If you want to get in touch, wtmypod at gmail.com. Long black or milk, what's the safest bet? Um, we've got a little bit to get to today, so I reckon let's just jump into it. We sort of have a bit of a, um, yeah, there's a bit of a theme. We want to sort of cover and address um, the masculine aspect of this enterprise, maybe, or something. Yeah, that's right. So, I kind of had the... Running a podcast, especially like uh, it's the same with doing a me- running a meme page. I feel like, and this is something Robbie and I kind of often talk about here on the pod. Like, I feel like it just puts me closer on the spectrum to being alt right, <laughs> right? And like, despite me not identifying with those beliefs or those politics, <laughs> despite me not thinking I'm an incel or, or a fucking problematic dude, as soon as just having an opinion and voicing it in this way with another white dude on a podcast, it just like, I feel like it just puts us in the conversation of like, are we... Are we bad? Are we part and, of the um, problem? Because we get a lot of uh, we get a lot of really <laughs> similar feedback from from you, the listeners, that we're doing the right thing, we're saying the right things, and you know, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. sort of like this. And we want to challenge ourselves. Let's kind of set a theme here by one, as we as we touched on, we uh, we were in contact with Clementine Ford prolific um, feminist author, Australian author, uh, and, and you know, pop culture kind of icon uh, regarding uh, her possibly being a guest on the pod, uh, but she ended up ghosting us, which is fine. No hate there. Uh, we, we understand. Um, and she's got her own podcast, so we thought... We're going to review an episode of her podcast. Without spite. <laughs> this is spiteless. This is just... It's spiteless. This is essentially us trying to ghost her onto the podcast. <laughs> exactly. We're trying to... I don't want to say gaslight. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to talk about her. We're trying to manifest. Uh, and also, um, we thought a, a fitting accompaniment to that would be talking about the new movie, Don't Worry Darling. Um that's just come out and is in cinemas, uh, directed by Olivia Wilde. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're going to do, but we have a lot to cover. So, um, we're actually, this will be the first no joke episode of the podcast. That's correct. So we'll just get right into it. So the, the podcast is called, is it Dear Clementine? I feel like you, you get a sense pretty quickly of where you fit in his life and how much time and effort he's willing to give to you. So while you're being told to just give him a chance, give him a chance, no one is telling him, give her some respect. 
Dear Clementine, yes. And and the premise is people writing to her. Uh, you know, it seems like an advice podcast and she just simply um it's just her on there and she she answers those 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 questions. What did what did you think? This is the first episode I'd heard of this one. I didn't think her audio sounded very good, to be honest. It was a bit right. um <laughs> this is touching on what we talked about last week, but her her audio was a bit thin and sibilant to me. I think maybe, I'm not sure whether this is to do with her or her producer, but maybe if they listen, get a better mic or route it maybe differently or something like this, because I think she's got good technique on the mic. She's near it and stuff like this, but I, I don't know, something needs to change. So, that's a negative. The pros though, I do like how she addresses the singular listener. I think that's good broadcast technique saying like, you know, you dear listener, hello to you. But um, I do think she's a good talker. The format suits her. Um, ultimately, I don't really think the project is for me, though. But, yeah, that, those are my general overview thoughts. What do you reckon? I think she gives really good advice. Um, and I think uh, she speaks from a very loving and warm place. Like, uh, I feel like she obviously genuinely cares about her audience and who she's speaking to and giving this advice. And, she, you know, she touches on some real vulnerable uh, some real vulnerable and interesting topics. She kind of um, the first question was about giving people a chance, uh, and whether whether the extent of when you should stop giving people a chance when you feel like they're no longer deserving of a chance, or or when you should start feeling that way anyway. And she kind of touches on you know everything's uh, usually with the backdrop of uh, how women are um, treated in, in society today, and uh, she talks about how heteronormative uh, women are often primed uh, or thought of to be primed and uh, basically suited for relationships and for care. So uh, heteronormative uh, women um, are often expected to give men or partners a chance beyond what men would be expected to give um, because uh, if they don't lower their standards, they might uh, lower their expectations, they might lose the partner and be single. Um, which is the worst outcome. And I thought, I, I think that's interesting. And I think ultimately I do agree with her. Basically, uh, the second question was about building self-esteem. Someone asked how to build self-esteem. Um, she talked about having a really honest conversation with yourself when you are feeling jealous or when you're feeling insecure and, and having a kind of dialogue, in a dialogue about what that means and why you're feeling those ways uh, and assessing whether they're feelings or facts and treating your inner voice uh, not with uh, contempt, but rather um, that it's something that needs love. Um, and then the, th the third, the third uh, prompt was someone in their mid-20s uh, saying, what advice would you give for a mid-20s woman who's feeling unsure about their life um, and, and their direction? And she talked about um, the, basically the concept of how uh, you're made to feel, and, and this was more general, how you're made to feel in your 20s that you should be building something for your 30s and that, that you're going to miss the boat if you're not working hard enough and stuff. And, you know, she gives a lot of general advice about about um, just enjoying your 20s and blah, blah, blah. Like, like advice I've heard before, but, but good advice. I find when she gives assessments on how women are treated and how, and, and you know, what they're expected to do and this and that, it challenges me. O oftentimes I ultimately agree but I, I feel threatened, and I think that's an obvious projection 
of you know my insecurities of how I contribute to the problem as a, as a man, and you know I, it just I, <laughs> it, it's like the the worst reaction to have because it's like fuck like you know do I do I do this do I push these like negative things on, on women do I you know all that kind of stuff, and then I was thinking about kind of the continuum that we think about gender on these days and how oftentimes gender is thought of as, as, as this continuum and you fall somewhere on it and, and, and it kind of changes and evolves and all that kind of thing. I know a lot of people disagree with that. I realized that a lot of the advice that she gave felt a lot better and was a lot easier for me to listen to when I kind of allowed it to talk to the feminine in me. And I know that might sound a little bit out there or I don't know whether it does or not, but like ultimately there are the, her, all of her advice applied to me as well. And when I stopped kind of feeling defensive and trying to like, and I'm not like, I, I'm a, I, I like Clementine Ford, so I'm not someone who's like trying to pick holes in her shit, but like when I'm not thinking like, Oh, this is for women and I'm a man. Um, I found that the uh, the advice was really warm and and really good. So I think like ultimately my thoughts are she's a really positive and strong voice that I think I would be happy for um, you know people I care about uh, who 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 would want to listen to that kind of thing to get guidance from and listen to. It's a ultimate message of uh, ultimately a message of you know self positivity and sticking up for yourself. I think which which I like. What do you think about that? Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I did like that reference to the parts of yourself as well. And that resonated for me. What I couldn't stop thinking about when I was listening to it is the concept of secular gurus that she sort of seems to fit within. You know, there are lots of different types of this, but obviously if anybody's going to you for advice, that's kind of where you're sitting is like, you're the one to impart the wisdom. I couldn't help but feeling that a lot of how she was going about her advice is almost to advocate for a pretty epic neurosis, really. And I just want to say up the top here that I, I recognize that we are in a very impossible maze right now in a general sense. We're very bewildered. It's very confusing time and world and you know to be clear-headed leads to epic neurosis almost necessarily you know do this but not like that do the thing but also you know take time be you but but just so over here and and also over there right and of course but there's some and there too and robbie robbie is very right with this to counteract it with certainty is also not the right answer because that leads to its own delusions. But I think basically what it brought to mind is how confusing our age is really. Will be my um, and I think lastly, just the questions that she received in the episode that I listened to that we're talking about here, they seem like those that, those that would be uh, traditionally directed to religious leaders, don't they? How do I live a good life? How do I reckon with myself? Is there a greater thing that I can be relative to the nature of things and my place in it? You know, yeah. What is success? I I agree that the 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 neurosis is correct 
and I, I made that point. I, I made that note as well. She'll kind of constantly say one thing and then go back and be like, you know, you need to give that voice uh, a, uh, you know, you need to listen to that voice and hear what it says. And when I say that, I don't mean that you need to 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 constantly get bogged down in thinking about what this and what that. And it's just like, <laughs> I understand that they're such complex, like. Like, that's what you mean, right? She's yeah, like it's a very complex and yeah. difficult world. And to give advice in it is an almost impossible task, I think, you know. And so, it's only it's only right if we're using rational language. If we're going to speak within that universal, it is going to get fucking complex and confusing. Um, it's just almost like a- it's a necessary evil, but you see it. You see it in this kind of, yeah, category of like secular guru, you know, any sort of motivational speaker or- guide yeah, yeah. that you find will will speak like this. Now, you know, they'll they'll be very certain in a, in some things they say, like, you know, don't be a fucking pillock, but you know, also care and, and you know, do this other thing. And, you know, I mean I'm not saying this and that. They'll they'll use this, you know, you'll notice that she swore a lot, uses used uh, curse words like fuck a little bit to sort of show that she's she's talking like you. She's talking on the level. You know, she's not above you. But also she knows heaps and heaps and here's the real thing. But do it just not like that, like this. And I know that, yeah, it's just very, it's very confusing. And that's why I think, look, it's not for me. And I can witness in myself a worrying trajectory towards, you know, religion or that sort of certainty. And I think we're seeing this in a more widespread sense as well. You know, the rise of that kind of uh, adherence to the mystical is is. I feel like on the rise a bit, but um, neither are really right. And I think this is where we're uh, coming unstuck generally. Yeah, for sure. And I guess I'll just la- like lastly say, I think that the, the the one negative for me, and I think it kind of marries into what you're saying, Robbie, about that, that whole guru thing and everything is always, and I guess you've got to make a living, but the- The, the ads are fucking <laughs> the annoying. Conver- <laughs> The commercialization, man, of empowerment. Like, so she had, I think there was three or four, and it was sponsored by Moments Condoms. And it's like, t- here at uh, Dear Clementine Podcast, uh, we're all into, we're, we're an advocate for taking charge in the bedroom and having that main character moment. So take Moments Condoms. And it was just like, come on. Like, I feel like we cheapen the message. And there was a cr- an ad for a cruise as well. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Oh. It's just like- yeah, it, it it doesn't sit well. I feel like maybe separate the two. It feels a little pandering. Do you think separate the love and the vibe, and kind of just be upfront with the audience that you're just giving them an ad? You know what I mean? Like- I don't know. I mean, look that that's up to. She's gone that angle. I think that's you know people have to choose what they want to choose. That's that's fine. Yeah. But as a listener, yeah. I don't care for that personally. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good point. The commercialization of empowerment that you just mentioned is is really something quite interesting. All right, there we go. Good on you, Clem. Keep going. Good on you, Clem. Um, I think that I think that would be a worthwhile podcast for a lot of people. So you know, I I, I wish her all the best, and yeah, keep keep going. Wish her the best. She's always welcome to come chat on the podcast, and you know, after listening to the pod, and just just quickly. I can completely understand why she chose what I think is the nicest path of ghosting us because she probably came on and checked it. We've got always uh, who's ugly and it's just like 
a lot of the stuff is like of her podcast and, and who she deals with is women dealing with like body issues and all this kind of stuff that she comes on. Oh, maybe I'll jump on. Welcome to meet you. And it's like, what, what kind of guys are they? And it's right. It's like Scarlett Johansson has a weird nose and she's fat. No, we're not that bad, but you know, it's like sweaty fucking, King Crimson fans. Yeah. Sweaty King Crimson fans. And I think, uh, I understand. Yeah. Understandable. So, Anyway, I think we've said enough on that. Let's move on to Don't Worry Darling, the new movie from Olivia Wilde. Here's a bit of an audio of it. I'm so sorry I forgot to tell you, but you're not feeling very well. And the only way to cure it is if we stay home all day and I tend to you and kiss you and cook for... Bye. Bye, bye! Security level, yellow. All residents safe and accounted for. Victory is safe and secure. I went to the movies and I saw this by myself yesterday during my working day. I had the cinema to myself. Um, It was very comfortable. Um, But I kind of went into this with a little... I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. There's been a lot of... um, a tumultuous release in terms of Harry Styles and Chris Pine feuding and Olivia Wilde and a toxic set. Yeah. yeah, all I knew, all I knew about it was like that there was this vague drama on set. They all hated each other, but I didn't know anything going in either beyond that. I honestly feel, and I know <laughs> it's the theme of the pop, but I, I do feel that that kind of speaks to the misogyny of a female director. The fact that people are talking about how like, unlikable the set was and how it was toxic and like i don't know to me suggesting that olivia wilde wasn't up to the task of reigning in these egos that's how i perceive oh wow yeah okay i don't think that i just haven't seen shit like this talked about before uh, as much uh and and in that way so i don't know kind of fuck them in about that i guess i personally uh walked out of this movie (laughs) Bullshit. I fucking hated this so much. It was one of the most unbearable movies I've seen in quite some time. Oh, go on. Go on. And go off. I, um, I I mean, obviously, obviously Florence is an incredible on-screen presence, a great actress, but I just think this thing was a really poor and boring rehash of 1975's Stepford Wives. You don't have to apologize, Carol. Not to us. We just felt that it was important that you two understand you being the newest in Stepford. We didn't want you getting the wrong opinion. We? Who is we? Jordan Peele's Get Out is sort of a retelling of, of that movie. And yeah, ultimately, this this movie really felt like it was just trying to be a Jordan Peele movie. <laughs> sort of pivoting off recognisable stuff in a novel way. But it really, for me, nowhere near reached what it was going for. Bright's had a great point that um, the movie thinks it's ramping up the intensity with each bit of intel or suspense that it offers up, but it's really just limp-dicking you into the same awareness that you had before. Like, something dodgy's going on. Yep, something dodgy is definitely going on. Something dodgy, yeah, that's yeah. right. You know, it's yeah. really just painful and I couldn't bear it for one minute more. 
So I guess just to give a brief understanding of the plot, like it's it's sort of like a 1950s sort of secluded project, right? Is that is that sort of how you describe it? They're so, living in this kind of what looks like this Californian utopia, uh, 1950s, and they're all happy and swinging in the, in, in the 50s. Uh, but yeah, basically, it just seems like it might be some kind of uh, farce. Some kind of conspiracy. Very affluent. The men go to work. The women stay at home and do the cleaning up and all that sort of stuff. The homemaking and the the darkness that, you know, ensues. And it's sort of unclear what the men do for work and all this sort of stuff. Anyway, the bit that I walked out was, I think, just after her, like, psychiatric assessment. Florence's one after she saw one of the other women, like, fall off a building after they cut their own neck and you know it just was like yeah and we 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 saw yeah she opened up the uh psychologist's like secret compartment and found this like document of the other woman and all the stuff had been redacted and was like fuck this you know (laughs) literally i'd rather just walk around and that's what we did and we had a much better time (laughs) (laughs) so literally just like to refer to walk around so did bridie hate it as well then obviously yeah yeah she thought it was absolute rubbish um that's pretty much it oh the the one last thing i want to say on it is i I really don't understand why olivia felt the need to cast herself as that side character i really just think agree completely let somebody else have a go i didn't agree i didn't feel like she added enough to that particular role to like justify it happening like we recently watched Danny DeVito's War of the Roses he appears in that movie that he directed but there's something about his side character in that movie that I don't really I can't really see anybody else doing what he did with it in a way you know but Olivia here I could see plenty of other people doing a better job I don't know what did you reckon did you find out what ended up happening no yeah to tell me tell me Okay. All right. Yeah, because there's a lot. <laughs> because I, I just reckon it's, 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 it's like we've seen the 1950s, you know, like prison housewife story a million times. You know, it's like it's just so it was so preachy and annoying to me, this movie. And also, can I just say as well, I love Jordan Peele and that fandom hatred and like commentary. There's nothing I love more than to hear you know, people fucking rail on that guy and his followers. Like it's so embarrassing that sort of daddy worship that is happens with that guy and we were laughing when i was at yours about like how every single um video that you see on youtube every thumbnail is him just like weeping and fucking like you know his he's just the weeping guy now oh, oh jordan know, peterson that's how authentic yeah, yeah. yeah jordan jordan um peterson sorry no but 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 that just goes to show how much i hated this movie that even one that tries to like have a go at him and his ideas and his following should fall so flat like this is such a shame. But anyway, sorry, you go on. What happens at the end? What what it turns out to be, and, and you know, big spoilers here. And, and also, I wanted to mention at the top, uh, we'll try and include some timestamps for those who want to miss this um, in the description, so you can skip sure. over. People ask for that. Do you think? Yeah, that's all right. Okay, so I think so. Big spoilers. Um, Essentially, what it turns out to be, the men are all going uh, to work on this victory project job um, during the day. The women stay home. What it turns out to be is the entire place they're living in is a simulation. Mm. It's a um, it's a it's an AI metaverse essentially, um, and uh, Chris Pine's character, the leader, is is the person who seemingly has developed this metaverse, and um, so Harry Styles and and 
um, Florence Pugh's characters are just lying in bed and it's modern times. Oh my God. Yeah. It was all a dream. <laughs> yes. Oh and my they're wearing, God. They're, they're wearing like VR headset type I would have shit. screamed if I stayed in the cinema. I'm so <laughs> yeah, glad I yeah, walked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but, but Robbie, there's a lot, there's a lot more, I think oh. that, that makes it, uh, to me a little, I'm, I'm, I don't want it to seem like Robbie hates this movie and I I loved it. I definitely didn't love it, but I will say that I liked it okay. and, and I'll get into why. So, so first of all, uh, soundtrack was great. Um, really? I think the sound design... Yeah, yeah. Like, the sound design was really good. I liked... They borrowed a little bit from... Uh, I noticed they did it in Midsummer. It's something that they're doing a lot <laughs> in Florence Pugh movies uh, in particular where they... Is it the kind of like the disembodied vocal thing? Like, huh? Huh? Yeah, huh? yeah, and the huh? <laughs> yeah. I know. I just this is yeah. such a like. I saw this and we watched the square again recently, which has this exact thing happen. It's just like I don't know. This this movie felt like a fucking Netflix show to me. You know, like movies, movies borrowing I from like I don't know. It, it just was. Oh, I hated it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can tell. All right, all right. So, so you like? Sorry, you like the sound? Yep. Yeah, I like the sound. Um, the you know when when Florence is so f- I will agree. I, I completely agree with Robbie. I think Florence Pugh is like a fantastic actor. Um, she's she's great. And there's a scene where she's like she seems to be like dropping in and out of psychosis, which makes sense because this like uh, hypnotic programming that she's gone through to be able to be suited for this for the simulation is kind of wearing off. And there's a scene where she's just like, she just starts glad wrapping her head in the kitchen. It sucks how um, the simulation is boring. That is one of my points. A hundred percent. Once you learn that it's a simulation, then it's like, guys, if it was a simulation, you could have made it so much more eerie, so much more interesting uh, than like a stale. And I understand the point of it was to be this stale 1950 thing. But yeah, I, I agree with I agree with you completely. Does it leave anything ambiguous? You know, so it gets out of the because this is one of the amazing things about the original Stepford Wives movie, I think, is that it has this. It's eerie. It's eerie and scary throughout the whole thing. And it even it concludes on this very in this very irksome way that you just up. Uh, Praying is not the case, you know, but it just leaves you in that. And then so here they wake up. Do they what what happens there? Is it what happens? <laughs> well, <laughs> before they wake up, I guess it's important to note that Harry Styles character, you come to learn, is a loser. So she is um, Florence Pugh's character is a doctor. She's a surgeon. Harry Styles character in the real life loses his job. And she's going to work and like seemingly like working extra shifts to cover, um, you know, their mortgage or whatever else. And he is shown to be a bit of a, a fuck up. He's sitting at home and like basically on the computer taking in uh, um, Chris Pine's propaganda and getting indoctrinated into this, you know, so it's uh, the whole thing is like uh, the, Olivia Wilde said that Jordan Peterson was the um, was the inspiration for Chris Pine's character, which is this modern day uh, man take, taking power back kind order of order chaos, strong men figure, order versus chaos, exactly that. He takes it upon himself, Harry Styles, to enter them into this program. And when he's what's happening is when the men leave for the day, they're leaving the program to go work 
and do the body maintenance stuff in the real in real life to keep them alive and then when they come back home at the end of the day that's them entering back in the program right so <laughs> it's like the whole thing is an analogy basically for men like <clears throat> i think it was interesting it the way that it chooses the 1950s and women in the 1950s, you know, the, 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 there was just a, a complete, um, you know, propaganda regarding um, the nuclear family's role in the success of the war um, and, ha- and ha- what women should do for their husbands. Um, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Large families, you know, so many kids, all this kind of stuff. Um, and I think that, that, that what Olivia Wilde has done, which was, Cool is kind of showing a real kind of literal show of what it might look like if men take this control and go back to these original roles look, look, all, to have- All I'll say is just please watch 1975 Stepford Wives, please, because you will res- pretty much rescind everything you're saying, I reckon, on this one as, as being like interesting or- I will watch it because it's a, it's a good movie, right? It's re- it's really great. It's one of the one of the greatest horrors, I reckon. You know, it's like okay. such a. I'll watch it. It's it's fantastic. So just to for the sake of bre- not being yeah, we've got to go. We've got to go. Yeah, we got to go. I think ultimately, <clears throat> I I think it, it had a lot of, of of cool stuff, but uh, I will say what the the biggest negatives for me was. I think the film lacked an overall sense of artistry. Um, there, you know, I was thinking about the eerie, the the the, the environment that they were setting and the, and the things that they were setting up. They they just it, it was like they weren't willing to have any fun with it, any artistry with it. It was just as Robbie said, very paint by numbers. Um, Olivia Wilde's character was so on the nose, and you miss Robbie her at the end. <clears throat> what it turns out is all the women in there are, are there against their will by their husbands who have put them into the program. Only the men know what's going on, which is why they go oh to work. My God. Except it's- except for Olivia Wilde. Oh. She's chosen to be there oh. because she left her kids because her kids died and she gets fake kids in here this that it just, reminds her of her. This is so, so boring. It's <laughs> of, like Stepford Wives goes metaverse. This is just and and a really poor retelling through Jordan Peele's style. Of that, and there, and there's this bit where eventually at the end, Florence Pugh kills Harry Styles' character, yeah, awesome. and Olivia Wilde goes, um, "They're gonna come get you. You need to run. If you, if a man dies in here, he dies in the real world too. So you've just, she just like exposition dumps. Oh, everything. I can't bear it. Oh, that's enough. That's enough. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. is so- just, just <laughs> fucked. Hey guys, Dart here. I just wanted to record a brief addendum um, regarding Don't Worry Darling. There was a few things that I wanted to get out that I didn't. So basically one of the things that I wanted to touch on uh, was some of the cool, um, well, I guess some of the, it was a, it was a movie about women being oppressed by men. And I think some of that was really uniquely expressed through and this will really only make sense if you've seen it uh, I'll try to explain it the best that I can but um the Harry Styles character we see when it when it flips back to the real world uh she comes home from like a 30 hour shift Florence Pugh of you know doing being a surgeon blah 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 and 
um, Har- she gets home and Harry Styles' character goes, whose name's Jack. Jack says, um, I haven't eaten. I'm starving. And he's just sitting on the computer. And then uh, she says, um, why didn't you make anything? And then he says, uh, well, I didn't know what you would want. Um, I texted you and you didn't reply. And then she says, well, I can't have my phone in theater. And then he, it's like, and then he, he goes to try and like dance with her in the kitchen and she's, and there's this hot water issue that hasn't been sorted out. So she doesn't want to be touched because she feels dirty and blah, blah, blah. And I think it's interesting because, um, there is this, Given that in the um, in the AI world um, that Chris Pine's cr- uh, character creates, where women are responsible for all the housework, you know that is something in Clementine Ford's book that is, I think, really eloquently described uh, about the mental labor that is often unaccounted for when you're tasked with being the manager of the house. So. The issue um, isn't really so much that Jack, the character of Jack, didn't have to, uh, didn't cook anything. Florence Pugh doesn't seem too upset about that. More so, it's that he doesn't have the autonomy uh, to make these domestic decisions without her input, approval, and guidance. And I just think that that's like a really kind of unique, something that I think is 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 important that people understand happens a lot uh and yeah i just thought it was it was well done uh in that mu- in 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 the film um i really did want to double down on what robbie and i were talking about in terms of olivia wilde's character yeah she really sucked she really sucked it was so like it was like okay we get it this is your movie like i don't know um it's not because she's a woman it's not because of that i promise it's it's just like if any direct you know if george lucas was in a star wars film it was like just get someone else to do it dude like what are you doing it's just it was it sucked and her character as well like the fact that she was kind of like this narrate not narrator but she almost served as like the only woman who knew more than all the other women like it just i hated it um but yeah, I, I think it was i think it was a bold thing i know that robbie you know says that it was done better in Stepford Wives and I'll, I and I will watch it because I, I think Robbie's mentioned that film to me before and I do want to watch it. But I think it was a bold undertaking to explore the, you know, a fictionalized outcome that would arise from men kind of reclaiming their power and a lot of these like conservatives in the way that these conservative types describe it where traditional roles have a lot of value and this is why and look at how much happier you can be and how attracted you are to these men and blah 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 and it and i think what the film was saying was that what it turns women into is a prop or an accessory to a man's existence it doesn't matter if which i don't think it would be or olivia wilde is saying it would be if it's better it doesn't matter because women have the right to having a flawed life based on their choices, just like men have the right to do that. And, um, you know, men choosing how a woman should operate uh, and 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 exist uh, for her own good is kind of part of the whole 
discussion and issue. So yeah, I, I kind of, I, I think I valued it for that. And um, that's all I wanted to say. Peace. Love you. It's an average movie. It's an average movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. Robbie thinks it's egregious. Hey, I've got to go to work. I'm so sorry. Um, but this has been really fun. Thank you so much for being with us, uh, Piss Colt. Um, we'll be back next week. <laughs> Love you all. Thank you for joining. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Thank you so much. Bye. Peace. Bye. Bye.